0: hey guys thanks for tuning us in for this 11th episode of season two of good questions with cameron dole this episode brought to you in part by smiley's breezy vapes at 313 falcon road here in altus special guests on this episode include abigail harrison better known as astronaut abby We'll talk about the new book, Dream Big, How to Reach for Your Stars. We'll also visit with actor Aldous Hodge about his lead role in the movie Brian Banks. This is a flashback interview taking you back to August 2019. We'll also share another flashback visit with Luke from For King and Country when they released the single God Only Knows back in March 2019. And our final guest will be country star Mark Chestnut in an interview from August 2016. His then current single, "Oughta miss me by now. Of course, if you would, please take the time to subscribe, drop a like, comment, leave some feedback, and of course, share with your friends. Had the chance this morning to visit with Abigail Harrison, also known as Astronaut Abby. We talk about her new book, Dream Big, How to Reach Your Stars. We also talk about what her goals are for the coming couple years as well. First off, Abigail, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for having me on
0: now. And now, Abby, where did uh, where did the dream of uh, of space exploration or or maybe just dreaming big? Uh, obviously, the name of the the, the book, when did uh, dreaming big? When, when did you decide that uh, when did folks not hamper you with that, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yes,
1: yeah, so that's that's a great question. I. My dream of spaceflight and of eventually hopefully going to Mars started when I was about three or four years old. It's, It's one of my earliest memories is of standing outside at night, looking up at the night sky and just being awestruck having so much wonder for the universe and having all these questions running through my head and knowing in that moment that I wanted to be a part of exploring and discovering all of the answers to these questions about our, our solar system and our universe as a whole. And as I got older, I learned more about space exploration and my dream grew and developed. And I decided that Mars was my passion and that was the, the goal that I was going to set my sights for. Um, I was really fortunate because when I was about 11 years old, my mom realized that I'd been talking about space for my entire life and about wanting to be an astronaut. (laughs) And she realized that maybe it was a real dream that I had. Maybe it wasn't just a childhood fancy or something that that I would grow out of in time. And she sat down with me and... Gave me what she calls the uh when she tells this story, she calls it the the come to Jesus talk, where,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: where essentially she she gave me the the cold hard facts about the difficulty of this dream. She she laid out the numbers for me and told me, you know, X number of people have become astronauts, like that's a, such a small percentage mm-hmm. of the population. It's an extremely difficult field. And she essentially tried to discourage me from it. And the reason that I say that I'm really lucky that that this happened is because because she told me the realities of things really early on, and it didn't discourage me. Instead, it caused me to form a plan to figure out what it was that I would need to do and to start early to um, achieve the goals, the smaller goals along the way to become an astronaut. And when I showed my mom that and when I, when I started to demonstrate to her the realities that I had for this dream that to her and to many other people seemed impossible she actually changed her mind about it and she became my, my biggest advocate and supporter along the way. And now at 23, I'm able to say that I've actually crossed off a lot of those initial goals that I had that I said would help me to eventually become an astronaut. Things like having uh, achieved a pilot's license, having experience advanced experience in scuba diving and in skydiving, things like learning multiple languages like Spanish, Russian and Mandarin Chinese, having research experience, both field research and cyber. And in an astrobiology Mars focused lab, all of these kinds of things that um, have set me up well, because I got started early because I was focused and because I had um, a lot of support to chase after what some people would call a somewhat crazy dream.
0: And in the time we're living in, Abby, obviously, uh, folks are are dealing with hardships, dealing with uh, frustrations, depressions as well. And to be able to maybe put a smile on somebody's face, and and also maybe bolster those dreams that they've had. I mean, how cool is that on a personal level for you?
1: It is, it is really cool, and it's something that I I started writing "Dream Big: How to Reach for Your Stars," my my book, um, before before the pandemic happened, and. There were some things that about it that were at first seemed unfortunate. Launching a book during uh, the difficult uh, time that we're having right now wasn't the way that I anticipated things going. But what I can say is that I don't think there has ever been a better time for this book Hmm. and I don't think that it has ever been more suited to the need that I see people having right now, which is like you said, to have them to have a smile put on people's face and to have them start to believe in their big dreams again. Um, and I, I really, really hope that everyone who who is able to pick up a copy of this book, whether it's um, picking up their own copy from from an independent bookseller or ordering it online or, or getting it from their local library, is able to use it to rekindle some of that, that hope that I think many of us are looking for right now and to, to really take control of chasing after their dreams.
0: And you, you talked about the, the continuation of chasing after that dream. And and Abby, what what kind of a, did have you put any any specific goals annually for for reaching that uh, that big dream?
1: Absolutely. So currently I am working as a researcher at Harvard Medical School, where I work in the Jackson lab, which focuses on immunology and molecular biology. And that's a, this is a really exciting thing for me to be doing. I'll be doing it for about the next year um, because medicine is integral to space. It's integral mm. both to, uh, and our understanding of immunology as well. It's integral both to the, the future of space exploration. And it's also one of the big things that space exploration can do for us here on earth is um, medical research that happens in space is incredibly important to changing the way that we do medicine here on earth as well. And so I feel really lucky and fortunate to be doing that for this next year. After this year is up, my my goals for the next couple years are um, to start a phd program and to gain my phd to continue training uh, in in flight so i'm a pilot and i'm currently working towards and hope within hopefully the next year to have my instrument rating for my pilot's license mm-hmm. um, and then i'm i'm going to continue to, um, do science communication, both through my book, Dream Big, through my social media channels, where I post a lot of engaging content. And uh, who knows, I my team at the Mars Generation has also recently been pitching a science education show. So you might see me on your uh, TV screen on on Netflix or Discovery or one of those someday as well.
0: well that's good stuff. Well, uh, again, Abigail Harrison, lovingly referred to as Astronaut Abby, the, the book Dream Big, How to Reach for Your Stars. I, I want to make sure and let our listeners know not only where they can find more information about the book, but also those uh, social media platforms you mentioned.
1: Yeah, so you can find my nonprofit, The Mars Generation, at themarsgeneration.org and on social media on all the platforms as The Mars Generation. You can find me, Abigail Harrison, or as I go by, Astronaut Abby, um, at astronautabby.com or on all the different social media platforms as Astronaut Abby. I'm everywhere. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Facebook I'm on TikTok. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. You name it, I'm probably there.
0: Going to be the, uh, the first TikTok sent from Mars. I, I can see it now.
1: that would be that'd be great yeah
0: well astronaut abby great to visit with you this morning have a great weekend and uh, hopefully we can catch up again real soon my friend
1: well thank you so much i appreciate it i look forward to that
0: Thanks to our sponsor, Smiley's Breezy Vapes, 313 Falcon Road here in Altus. They've got red basket specials, a lot of times on disposables plus other items. They've got uh, e juices, plus they've got pods, a selection of disposable flavors, the largest selection in southwest Oklahoma. For more information, visit them online, smiley'sbreezyvapes.com. Had a couple of cancellations this morning, so we delved into the archives, and one of my favorite interviews, this one takes you back a couple years, August 2019, he had the lead role in the movie Brian Banks that was just being released. Here's our visit with Aldous Hodge. First off, Aldous, thanks so much for your time this morning, brother.
3: No, thank you for your time, brother. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you
0: and uh, excited about the, the new movie coming out in uh, in theaters on the 9th. Brian <laughs> Banks, and uh, man, I, what was it like to be involved in a project like this?
3: Oh, man, it was a very humbling experience, brother, because Brian was actually on set uh, the entire time, and, and just getting to meet and know this brother, know his journey, and really to know how he came out of it with so much light and positive. You know, it like, to me... Was something uh, incredible to learn from because he doesn't carry any darkness, you know what I mean? And uh, that's what I love so much about the film is that it's so inspiring in that way to teach people how to be able to do that, you know.
0: And in the times that we live in, I don't think there's a, a more poignant story that folks can get, can get the get the opportunity to see part of is is the new movie as well.
3: Oh yeah, <laughs> this is a great time for this movie to come out. Um, you know, one thing we get to understand with this movie from his experience empathy, mercy, and how to be grateful for so many things. But you know, the thing that some audience members have come out of this film with, which I think is like the highest compliment, is they come out with a sense of activism. They come out saying, wow, we didn't know it was really like this. How can we do something? What can we do? Um, people get to learn what other people's real reality is when it comes to dealing with the, you know, the judicial system. Um, When it comes to the nature of false accusations, it shows people the due diligence that should be done in terms of trying to figure out the facts. And in Brian's case, no one was really working on his behalf, you know, from the judicial side, from the legal side. So um, this is, uh, I think, a great, as much as it is an inspirational tool, as equally uh, an informative and sort of educational tool. And I love the fact that people really come out with a drive and a sense of activism to want to change things for the
0: better and and as an actor how much pride do you take in an opportunity to maybe open up dialogue or or get people to actually think and, and maybe speak because because i i i subscribe to that that the, the the way we make change is one-on-one and and person to person as well and conversation starts that
3: yeah uh i take great pride <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> uh selfishly i do because you know, uh, this has been several years ago now that I sort of, in, in terms of looking at my art, looking at my artistic choices, I said I wanted to make effective art, art that has a potential for effective cultural change or a conversation that pushes a progressive note a little bit further. And this is absolutely all of that. You know, this is something that inspired me personally, and I wanted to share that inspiration with the world. Um... There's so many people right now who don't really have a voice in this space. And because of Brian and his bravery and his courage, he's been able to, to set up his own platform to have a voice for so many. Because uh, he still actually actively works with the California Innocence Project, the CFP, who he engaged the services of when he was exonerating himself. But, you know, he serves to that. He, he, he has that voice. And for us to be able to be an asset to his purpose is just, one of the grandest honors I could ever ask
0: for as an artist, honestly. And uh, you've been—you've uh, won awards. Uh, you've been nominated for so many other things as well. What is—is uh, is there a role that you really uh, take great pride in, or you look back on with great fondness?
3: This one, man. <laughs> this is uh, well, no, I'm, I'm serious. Honestly, yeah. I mean, look, look from from a surface level as an artist, it took off a couple of boxes. This is the first time I've had this of responsibility to be the title character of a film, the lead of a film. And a very, I've been in this been 30 years. This is the very first time I've had this opportunity. So um, I think that's really, you know, for me, um, a great challenge because it taught me a lot about who I am and stepping up to the plate as an artist. But beyond that, man, um, it, it's such, it's, it's such a, a validating and vindicating story when it comes knowing oneself and knowing one's purpose. The thing that I love the most about Brian is that he never stopped fighting for himself because he knew his purpose, he knew his value. When everybody else didn't want to see it, didn't want to acknowledge it, he knew his value and stuck to it. Um, there's so many people out here who have bright lights that sort of allow others to dim their light. And even though Brian had some dark days, he never allowed other people to dim his light. And I think it's such a, an example. Of how to walk through life, he always says, "Don't judge me by what I've been through; judge me by how I dealt with it." And if we could inspire other people to deal with some of the issues with a little bit more light and happiness along the journey, I think it's a job well done. You know,
0: that's right. Now, if uh, if, if folks want to find out more information about the movie, and then obviously uh, everything that you've got going on social media wise as well.
3: Oh yeah, so check it out. Uh, Friday, August ninth, we are hitting theaters us out online Brian banks uh buying banks actually has a website where you can go check out all of his activity has a book out right now called what set me free and uh i definitely uh definitely encourage snatching up that book get a few of those little bits and details that uh you know may pop up in the movie and some things that may not pop up in the movie but it'll feed you the full story man it'll be a great thing uh to have before going to see this fantastic film and as far as me. People can find me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. It's just at Aldis underscore Hodge. and uh, you know, hit me up. Let me know what you know, what you thought about the movie, what you felt about it, and I definitely will hit you back. I would love to have a conversation.
0: And uh, and Aldis, you talked about being able to to notch a couple of things off of the bucket list. What uh, what is the next thing that uh, that you're hoping to notch off? Oh man.
3: You see, uh, so I'm attached to a project right now, one that I've acquired the rights to in order to produce and direct. So that's a notch. Um, there's another project I'm executive producing and starring, in. that's a notch. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> either, you know, finish my, my fantasy epic uh, film, finish writing it and sell it, or jump in some tights and go be a superhero somewhere, <laughs> you know, if that opportunity ever crosses my path. <laughs> that,
0: that's one you can't turn down.
3: I mean, yeah, it really <laughs> came
0: my way, man. That's right. Well, Aldis, uh, again, thank you so much for your time this morning. Looking forward to the new movie, Brian Banks, Nationwide, this Friday, August 9th. And check it out in theaters. And uh, and again, Aldis, thank you so much for your time this morning, my friend.
3: Uh, thank you, brother.
0: Smiley's Breezy Vapes 313 Falcon Road, sponsor of the podcast today. Be sure and stop in and see them. If uh, they have the largest selection of disposable flavors in Southwest Oklahoma, their doors open, protective plexiglass masks are required still to cover your nose and your mouth. If you have any questions, give them a call or send them a text at 580-471-VAPE. That's 580 8273 also, while going through the archives, came across This is Jim. We're hoping to have them back on in the coming weeks. Got a brand new single to talk about. This is two singles ago with the release of God Only Knows. From the group For King and Country, here's Luke. Getting some brownie points at home with this one from uh, For King and Country. We've got uh, Luke on the line with us. And first off, Luke, thanks so much for taking the time to visit this morning.
4: Man, thank you for uh, taking the time, man. Uh, we, uh, we appreciate fitting uh, us in, man. It's awesome.
0: Now, when you guys first got started, where where did the music originate in your life? I mean, I, I know this is kind of a, a family ordeal, kind of, isn't it, Luke?
4: Yeah, yeah. Man, my, my dad was actually, some Joel and I, my brother, uh, we make up for King Country, and we were originally uh, born in Australia, and my dad was actually a concert promoter uh, back there in Australia. and uh, And so we grew up going to shows, doing all that, and then... On one particular tour, we, we actually lost my dad. The tour didn't go very well, and my dad lost everything that we had. And so, we uh, we moved to America, uh, and kind of started uh, a new life over there, a new career, and uh, for my dad. And uh, while we were kind of just kind of settling into the states, my my sister uh, became an artist, and and she kind of took off. And mm-hmm. so we went out on the road with her, and uh, I was uh, I was a lighting director. My brother Joel was the stage manager, and so we watched uh, music uh, very much up close and personal uh from you know from the behind the stage you know and so yeah a lot of what we know today is uh, is a lot from uh what we learned uh, out on the road
0: now i am going to ask you a question where is it, when was the first song that you wrote and then uh, what is the worst song that you that you still have to take credit for
4: <laughs> the first song i wrote was just in my in my parents uh um, one of the you know one of the rooms in my parents' the, the house that we had put a little studio in and and that might be the first and the worst song I've ever written who knows uh, but yeah it, it's kind of crazy when you, we often joke you know people come up and and uh, Q and A's and interviews like man you guys write you know songs that we just really enjoy and this that and the other and I'm like well those are the only songs that you hear uh, <laughs> we only play the ones that we want to reveal uh, for you guys so yeah it's it definitely look the the art form of writing music is, is really tough. it's a really hard craft, but uh it kind of keeps you coming back for more and you, you kind of fall in love with it and hate it all at the same time
0: now now for you obviously the the, the family's had a, a huge influence and and what was it that drove you into the pop side of things if you will
4: well man i i i I think when the kind of going back even to like learning how to write songs, one of the light bulbs went off in my head was when i uh, realized that music is about um, writing very honestly. And, and if you write very honestly to you, then, then usually there's millions of other people just like you that, that have the chance of resonating with the same things that you've written. And so whether or not that be about you know God, whether or not that be my, the love for my wife, whether or not that be a struggle that's going on, or whether or not that be a story that I heard that I just want to write about to lift up a friend who's going through a difficult time, those are the things that we try to write songs about. And so whether or not that lends us into... Like you know, I like I like catchy songs, you know. So that usually, you know, that usually lends you probably a more more in the pop lane of things. And then as far as the content, it really it really depends on uh, what's going on inside, you know, kind of inside of our minds to dec- decide what the content will be for that song. But that's kind of it. Just feels natural. It feels true. It's not ne- not necessarily me saying you know what I want to write songs that work in this space. It's just it's just this who we are.
0: Now, what do you think about the, the way that Christian and contemporary music has kind of gone across so many gaps of, of genres and, and is reaching new audiences? And for you, it, being a part of that, uh, what's that like on, on the personal side to see that happening?
4: Well, I think that the, that genre of music is a, a very interesting genre of music. because the only genre of music that is actually a genre based off of its content, not actually its sound. And so it's a very, a very strange thing. You know, inside of, inside of you know, CCM music, you've got, uh, you've got hip-hop, you've got rap, you've got, you know, you've got kind of uh, folk music, you've got pop, you've got all sorts of everything. So in my mind, it's actually uh, helpful that, you know, with kind of where music is at today, where it feels like some of the, the boundaries of genres are breaking down, because it actually enables the music to go further. It enables the music to not be... You know, when you listen to something uh, based off of, you know, uh, off a genre, what you expect to hear, sometimes that clouds your kind of ears, you know. And so nowadays I feel like it's, it's breaking down a little bit. And I think that's actually a really good thing. I think people should be able to listen to music just because they, they're listening and, and they decide if they like it or not. I once, once heard somebody say, you know, there's only two genres of music there's good music and there's bad music. <laughs> and I choose, write, I choose to write good music, and hopefully your station, you is know, trying to do the same.
0: That's right. Play and uh, w- and we just we will not release the tapes of, uh, of the early childhood uh, renditions you were putting out.
4: Oh, absolutely. We don't want to do that. No, <laughs> we don't want to do that.
0: Now, now, Luke, what was what was your uh, the, the, the feeling for you the first time that you heard uh, one of your songs on the radio, be it Christian radio or, or wherever it was? What was it like for you to hear one of your tunes playing back to you?
4: Well, I think that, you know, it, it does actually sound a little bit different. I don't, want, I don't know what type of compressors you guys use and all sorts of different games you play, but it does sound a little bit different. And I think, you know, it, it sounds like, hey, I've worked. You know, Joel and I, people kind of sometimes sit there and they're like, hey, where do these guys come from? And what they don't know is that we basically worked for six, seven years with you know, basically no success at all. And, uh, you know, the first time you hear your song on the radio, you just feel like, man, uh, at least this is, you know, doing something. I mean, the intent, obviously, is when you write a song for it to, to go out, and radio is one of those ways, obviously, that music can go out. And so it felt, I, I think, a little fulfilling, you know, kind of like, hey, this is what I've been telling my friends for years that I was working on with, as I said, zero success. It just feels a little bit like, hey, at least, I, you know, I wasn't fully crazy, and let's just see where this, uh, let's see where this journey can go.
0: Luke, as uh, as you move forward, what what's it been like for you to 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 see the lives that have been touched by the music, and, and see firsthand when the when the fans come face to face with you, telling you what uh, your music has meant in their lives?
4: Well, I think that's the reason why artists uh, write songs, uh, is because you know you paint a picture because you've got this vision of something that. That you think, hey, uh, I just got to get this out, and, and well, I learned a very very valuable lesson early on, and that is, you know, if you write a song that's special to you, there's a good chance it's going to be special to somebody else, and uh, and so when I, you know, when I write a song about some of the things that's taken place in my life, and somebody else comes up and says, man, that's become my life song, you, you don't really know that person at all, but yet somehow you feel like you do because the music's brought you together in, in kind of a, a special way, and and you know, I think it's the most fulfilling thing that you get to do, there's something inherently spiritual about music uh, that I can't ever quite explain. It kind of like bypasses your, you know, your head and goes straight to your heart because there's things that can be achieved in music that you know, a, you know, a, a, a great motivational speech could never do or a preacher could never achieve. And that there's something really special about that. And so you know, when we do shows, like we're going to we'll do a show tonight, uh, and, and you get to look out and you actually get to see the people's faces and you get to see that taking place. Man, that's 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 kind of what it's all about, and that's something that I'll I'll never you know you, 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 hopefully I'll never take for granted because it truly is remarkable.
0: Luke, I always want to make sure and let our listeners know uh, about tickets and uh, any of that other upcoming information. They can find uh, website, social media, and all that as well.
4: Yeah, man, I think that 15 dot com. That's the that's the uh, the website, and then obviously you know. You search for Key and Country on uh, uh, Instagram, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and all that sort of stuff. That, uh, hopefully should uh, pop up so we uh, hopefully can find you there.
0: All right. Well, Luke, it's been great to get to know you this morning. Uh, again, thank you for your time this morning.
4: Hey, man, I appreciate it. Thanks very much.
0: Again, this episode brought to you by smileys breezy vapes check them out on facebook also on their website Smiley'sBreezyVapes.com. they have the largest selection of disposable flavors in southwest oklahoma if you're new to vaping if you're a vaping legend like i like to say they have all of the equipment all of the know-how and uh, they'll also make you smile while you're there as well it's smileys breezy vapes 313 falcon road check them out online and our final visit from the archives, one of my favorite visits with one of my favorite country artists as well, Mark Chestnut. This one takes you back to 2016. His current single then was "Autumn miss me by now. Here's that visit with Mark Chestnut. First off, Mark, it's been a while, but uh, good to talk to you again this morning.
2: Yeah, it has been too long. It has been. you, brother.
0: I know. Well, just uh, like I told you a minute ago, running between two studios uh, all morning long, and uh, luckily one morning show's over, so uh, now I don't have to do any running anymore.
2: Well, you sound out of breath, so you better set a
0: while. <laughs> there, there you go, Dale. Now, now, Mark, I I know whenever we went on vacation, uh, we every time I drive through Beaumont, uh, I, I think of you. We stopped at a gas station and had to send you a text because I absolutely love the new single. And uh, what's this new project been like uh, for you in the making? Oh,
2: it's been a long process, but I enjoyed every second of it, man. I. Um, you know, I, I've been on the major labels so long and, and, and even some of the independent labels, you know, that people were trying to, you know, I, I had to listen to everybody's opinions and what they want me to do. It was their money, you know, so they had to listen to them. But this album, it was, uh, you know, I, I recorded it with my buddy, Jimmy Ritchie my producer and you know me and him been working together since since I left Sony back a long time ago he's been um, we did a lot of a lot of independent projects together and um, recorded some great stuff you know we had uh, we had Saving the Honky Tonks which I think is a great great album and we've done a lot of other things that probably not people probably never heard of and probably really don't need to hear of it. But um but he believes in what I do, you know, believes in real traditional country music. That's where his heart is and that's where mine is. And so that's what we did. We we took our time and when he started his own label, Row Entertainment. Then um we just did what we always do. We just go in there and do country music. It uh, took us a long time because of scheduling and, and all that and all the legal stuff. But, uh, but I picked, I personally picked every one of these songs that I recorded. So I didn't have anybody telling me what to do and what not to do. And And I think it worked. I think it turned out to be one of the best things I've ever done.
0: Yeah I know I, uh, I Like I said I texted you Whenever we were down By Beaumont And I said I liked the single And uh, the the text I received back Was that You absolutely loved The entire project And what's that like uh, After like you said You worked with labels And uh, that that always tried To tell you What you should be doing how, how much satisfaction Do you get out of knowing That you got to put out The album That you really wanted
2: Feels like it ought to feel You know Feels good Tonight that's why I well you know, when I was a kid, I thought that's how Nashville was. I thought music business was like that. I thought you signed with a record label, and they put the money behind you and, and promoted you, and you went out there, and you did the songs you wrote, and you did what you did best. But it's not like that. You know, as soon as you get to Nashville, they start trying to change you. As soon as you walk through the door of the record company, but it ain't like that now. I guess I don't know. I I know these guys now that I talk to the new people, the new singers, the new the new big stars. They'll come up to me and tell me that they um, wish that they could do what I do, which is what I want to do. You know, they 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 want have creative freedom too. And um, thank God, after all these years, I've got it. And I, you know, and I would not I wasn't trying to get on the charts or anything with this CD. I was not trying to, to, to hit the charts or win an award or anything like that. I just wanted to put out a new album, a new bunch of songs that that my fans have been asking for for several years. They've been coming up to me and autograph lines and meet and greets, even my friends. You know, personal friends would call me up Said, say, man, when are we, we going to get some real good country chestnut back again, you know? And, um, so that's why we did it. I'd made this, this album for my fans, for people that like our kind of music
0: that's right and the the that we were talking about uh, ought to miss me by now why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what what it was about this one that, that told you this is the one uh, that you needed to release first
2: yeah you know, that that was one of the first songs I picked I, I've been listening to CDs and, and um, emails for about two years when we put the word out that I was recording again and uh Man, I started getting flooded with songs, and I was so happy. Couldn't believe it. And a lot of these songs were written 10, 15, 18, 20 years ago, even, that were never recorded, or that were recorded, but it was never released, and nobody ever heard much of. And so, uh, um, you yeah, know, it's one of the first songs I picked. Because I thought when I first, when the song started, the guy singing the demo sounded a lot like George Strait, and I thought, you know, that sounds just like something George Strait would have done back in the '80s. And being the the gigantic George Strait fan that I that I am, uh, that's why I recorded that song.
0: Like you said, uh, being a big George Strait fan and uh, and obviously a fan of of real country music as well, what does it mean to you when, uh, like you said, the the newer artists uh, come and and talk to you about the music that you brought in and uh, it kind of inspired a generation as well? And d- do you ever think about that uh, kind of what you have done for the uh, for the country music genre as well?
2: Well, uh, for a long time, man, I lost confidence. Because uh, I thought that, um, you know, my type of music was dead and gone. Uh, you know, and uh, I couldn't get a major deal anymore. I couldn't get airplay anymore on any of my, anything we put out, we, we tried. And, uh, you know, I was still hearing some of my old songs on some of the classic country stations. And uh, even some of the, you know, big stations mainstream stations. I was still hearing some of my old songs. But um, uh, people started asking me, you know, was I retired? Was I still singing? And yeah, I was still singing. I was touring 100 days a year. I always have. Never stopped. 26 years. And um, it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. And then I start going, I start meeting these guys you know, some of them I'm even opening for now because they've got big hit records on the radio now. You know, they're number ones. They've got, they're in the top ten or whatever. And, um, very popular. And I'll open for them now. And they'll come up to me and talk to me and come up on the bus and visit with me and, and, and they say, uh, I grew up listening to your music, and you know you're one of my heroes. And I know all your songs. and You're the reason I'm doing this, and and, and there, that that really inspires me. It makes me feel like I like I accomplished something because that's how I always was about music. I always grew up listening and singing, and trying to sing like George Jones and Merle Haggard and Hank Jr. Hank Sr. and Waylon and Willie and Conway and Charlie Pride. you know, I love them guys so much that I I just, that's who I tried to sound like. And to have somebody come up and tell me that the first album they ever had when they were eight years old was too cold Or you know the the worst thing is, is well it's not a worse it's it's a good thing but it kinda makes me feel old. But somebody comes up to me and says, Yeah man, uh you know, they're in their twenties they said, Man, my first album that I bought over the years was um was Almost Goodbye or or you know, long necks and short stories, something that <laughs> 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 yeah, long Necks and short stories, uh I say, it makes me feel old but at the same time it makes me feel appreciated
0: that's right and uh mark i want to give you a chance to uh to to let people know uh where where they can find the music also and uh, where they can keep up with you uh online and are are you big on twitter as well
2: Uh, i I, I don't do that much you know i'm i'm uh i'm going there every now and then but i'm not a big fan of that i'm I just—I have a—I have other other things to do than to sit around and play with a computer. I'm I'm one of the, I'm one of the old school guys. I still ain't figured a lot of that out yet. But, but I have a I have a a guy that that runs that part for me that I stay in contact with every single day. And um, you know, there's been a lot of people. One thing I don't like about that is a lot of people go on there and say they're me and. You know, they say things that they shouldn't say that I would never say. I guess you've heard about that, too. You know, a lot of people <laughs> go on there and pretend to be me. But but the best way to find out what's going on with me is to go to my official website. It's uh, markchestnut.com. It's all you got to you will it will direct you right through my website. You can see all my tour dates. You can buy my CD. The new CD is for sale on there, and you can, if you order it, you'll get it. and They'll be signed. I'll sit there and sign. I'll sit there and sign CDs all day on the bus. That's all I do. I watch Andy Griffith and I sign (laughs) autographs, (laughs) sign CDs all day long. And uh, you order that, it may take a couple, few weeks to get it because we're we're getting so many uh, you know we're kind of backed up a little bit on that because we're getting so many we can only get so many CDs at a time but uh, if you do that you'll get it you'll get the hard CD you'll get some real things signed you can download it off iTunes and all the other outlets you can get it from on the computer online you can also come to my show and get it. We have them for sale at the shows, along with a lot, a lot of my old albums. So, uh, yeah, it's it's available. You know, like stores don't stock them anymore, like they used to. You have to.
0: You got to search a little them. more for them, huh?
2: Yeah, you do. <laughs> I Make
0: mean,
2: you carry Underwood and you find your CD and grocery. I, my stuff's a little hard to find but it's very easy to go online and find it best way to get it is to come to my show
0: <laughs> well there you go there you go well Mark uh, before we wrap up I wanted to to, to have you just quickly in, introduce uh, the new single and uh, that's how we'll wrap it up this morning sir Hey,
2: um, I want to tell you that I'm real happy that y'all like this song I'm real happy that Cameron's playing it for me this is my new CD Oh, by the way, it's Mark Chestnut. <laughs> this, is, uh, <laughs> from my, this is from a new CD called Tradition Lives, and the single is called Autumn Be My Now.
0: Thanks again for joining for this episode of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, question, or anything else you'd like to know, find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GQ with Cam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, feel free to click the support tab and follow the instructions. If you have a special guest idea, you can email me, gqwithcam at gmail.com. Again, thanks to Brandon Allen for coming up with the tune for us. We're going to let him play us out. Hope you guys have a great weekend. I'll be back with episode 12 coming up on Monday.